stupid. He comes across in front of me every single time he overtakes. Where does he want me to go off the track? No! Stop talking to me in the braking zone! Guaranteed to be higher quality than the Grand Tour video game. Welcome back to Motorsport 101. It's only 15 bucks. It's $15 too many, Dre. You said it. Hi, everybody. Welcome. I'm Andre Harrison, and welcome to episode 176 of Motorsport 101. Thank you very much for tuning in, and welcome to our first actual recording of an episode in the year of our Lord 2019. Uh, yeah, we actually recorded the last one, I think, on, what was it, New Year's Eve, I think it was, we recorded the last one? Or something close to that. No, nah, I'm pretty sure it, it, it felt like it was New Year's Day. Close enough. <laughs> we'll go. We'll go with that. <laughs> it was but a so, time. It was a time before Makura Suzuki became ladies' champion at Lakeside. It was a time yay. when the Eagles still had hope of a repeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was much different times. Much different God, times. It was a time like it when was... my head coach wasn't really weird, <laughs> and he replaced him for a head coach who is even weirder. It's great. <laughs> Adam Gazu gets freaked out by nothing. Um, as you do. And somehow New England haven't shitposted it yet in the playoffs. We're probably going to get destroyed by the Chiefs this weekend. It shall be fun. <laughs> I, 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 you, know what, you know how bad it is? You know it's bad when Tom Brady is trying to play the underdog role here. <laughs> A man yeah. with an entire fistful of rings is the underdog. Yeah, no, 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 not buying that. Nope, nope. Look, I'm a New England Patriots fan, and even I can tell you that's bullshit. Like, okay, come on now, we're the Patriots. Like, stop this nonsense. Anyway, it's a pleasure to have you with us on this one, and uh, whew, I, uh, a pretty stacked episode for you once again for you guys on this one. We will be talking on episode 176 all about Formula E's second round of their 20. 20- 18-19 season at Marrakesh as we catched the fever for a second time. You can mm, catch we... these hands. <laughs> Something that I'm sure totally didn't happen in the BMW garage. Um, more on that later as we have a Formula E review at Marrakesh um, as well as a over a lot of the news and a full preview for the Rolex 24 in IMSA that takes place, I want to say this weekend or is it next weekend, fellas? Correct me on this one. Next it's, weekend. It's the it's next weekend by yeah. popular demand because yes. our listeners have been hyped for this race for months. When he says listeners, he means mostly Cam in our Discord server. <laughs> I've been excited about it too. I've <laughs> been excited too. And Same. so has. Wait a minute. Is that is that another voice on the show? It, it is. Um, reveal yourself, Mr. Krista Hardo. Hey, everyone. Token New Orleans Saints fan here. Happy to end the Eagles' uh, potential uh, second Super Bowl yes. run. We, we here praise the Saints for ending the Philadelphia Eagles' chance of repeat because my brother Brian can finally shut the fuck up about the goddamn Eagles being Super Bowl champions. It, it was a delicious weekend. Um, thank you very much for New Orleans Saints. Now, please lose to the Rams. Now, um... <laughs> you go to hell for that. You go to hell, you die. 
See, that's the thing. Uh, You're talking to a guy whose team knows is already losing this weekend. I have nothing to lose. Bring it on. <laughs> King, King, what is this playoff football everybody is hyped up about? I don't know. I haven't, I haven't seen playoff football in years. I'm <laughs> sure I saw it last year, but it felt like just a fever dream where nobody scored and a team laid by Blake Bortles advanced to the championship game out of all of it. And more, more Buffalo-based bodies were flying through flaming tables. <laughs> Sounds like a fun time for all involved, quite, quite, quite frankly. But uh, in the meantime, places you can find us real quick, we are on youtube.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on facebook.com forward slash motorsport101. We're on Twitter at motorsport underscore 101. If you'd like to follow our Twitter handles personally, you can at Harrison101HD, at Ryan Eric King, that's with two Ks, at RJ O'Connell, and at Cedeharde, C-D-E-H-A-R-D-E, for those who are unsure on the spelling. It's a tricky one. You caught me out first time, too. And if you really, really like us, you can back us financially on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash motorsport101. Um, $5 gets you early access to both this show and our sister show, Bike Live, which I can exclusively reveal is back next weekend yeah it will be a Danny Pedrosa special edition of the show because we didn't really get a chance to talk about Pedrosa's career um, and the sudden retirement of him in MotoGP we never really had a time to to, to go in depth on, on Danny P so we are dedicating next week's episode to his magnificent career um, and his final goodbye from MotoGP we had at Valencia earlier, the, uh, well, should I say late last year, I should say. So, Bike Live is back this, well, I should say this weekend, but it'll be about a week's time by the time this goes out, basically. So, tune in next week for an episode of Bike Live as Motorsport 101 will be alternating. Um, they'll be back the week after that uh, with a full review of the Rolex 24. Hooray! $10 gets you early access as well to our Discord server before you can listen to these shows live as they go out. Now, exclusive announcements. You heard it here first on this show. Podcast business, y'all. Yes! I, I, I love fun announcements here, folks. I love fun announcements. And here is another fun announcement for you. We are opening up the Discord server. Now, we are going to have what we like to call a little extra channel for basically it's an or it's basically an open invite or i love that campus in the discord more victims i mean that's quite fun <laughs> whatever suits you need in this collection of shotguns in the back but um yes we are opening up the discord for extra members to join in now sadly you won't have access to the patreon tier where you're able to listen to these shows live as they go out obviously you've got to be a 10 dollar patreon backer for that but um we will have an extra channel opened up for you guys, so all you have to do if you want to enter our Discord server is just basically message one of us on Twitter. Um, again, me, you can message me at Harrison101HD, you can message um, RJ at RJ O'Connell and King at Ryan Eric King on Twitter. Just get a hold of one of us and we yeah. and we will set that up for you with no problem. Yeah. Yes, just just to get into the little minutia, if to those who are already in the server and listening live, uh, I will be flipping the switch on that tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, get be prepared for that. There'll be new channels uh, on the on the server. You'll be able to tell the difference. I'll leave a little explainer saying that what each channel is for. Uh, besides that, people who are joining in free, there will be events for you to enjoy, including uh, not all twenty four hours. We'll be hosting uh, hangouts during the Rolex twenty four, uh, most likely. Uh, during the start and finish of the race, uh, 
full schedule will be revealed later on, but seeming like we're probably going to do probably an hour or two hours at sunset and maybe an hour after the fireworks at, I think, 9 o'clock. Yeah, we're getting into rooftop ray hours, folks. <laughs> Sounds like a fun time. So, yeah, King Ryan King, Discord manager. It's a scary thought for all of us. But, uh, yeah, that'll be... F- <laughs> that switch gets flipped tomorrow. So if you want in on that Discord server, just message one of us, and I'm sure we will get around to hooking you up. Um, also, a couple of things I want to get into some different discourse before we move on to the actual show proper. Shout out to everyone who said hi to me at Auto Sport on the Friday. That was very kind of you. I was at the Auto Sport International show on Friday again. Sadly, I couldn't do two days this year due to work parameters and being flat broke. Um, I shouldn't have spent my last 50 quid on a Lewis Hamilton snapback. Shit happens. <laughs> you absolutely should have. <laughs> it was green. It had palm trees on it. I couldn't help myself. Um, Perfect. Um, so, uh, yeah. I've, everyone has said hi to me on the Friday, like Adam and, and, and all the guys who, who came around and said hi. I'm, I'm, I'm very, very kind of you. It, it's always a little bit surreal to be recognized when you're just walking past a hall somewhere. Shout out to all the Downforce Radio guys who said hi as well. Much appreciated. Um, and just everyone that just gives a shit in general. It's still kind of weird walking a, walking around a giant auto floor with a badge on it that has the name of this podcast on it. Um, and me being able to represent all of you is actually quite is actually quite a uh, scary and terrified thought in that sense. But um, thanks to everyone who 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 got around and said hi. Um, sadly, I, I think I couldn't do more than one day this year. Hopefully, next year I'll be able to be, I'll be a little bit more better prepared. The post-Christmas splurge is never a nice thing. Um, <laughs> going six weeks between paychecks, but uh, yeah, it's it's much appreciated. Thanks to everyone who rocked up for that one, and shout out to our new Patreon backer. It's Connor Pearson, aka Nor the Dragon on Twitter, who's actually financially yeah. backed us. He's real good dude. He's been a video editor for us for quite some time as well, and he's actually backed us financially, which is really nice of him. So thank you, Connor. Much appreciated, sir. Um, and hope you hope you enjoy all the early access and all that fun stuff. Um, so yeah, thanks to Connor as well. Thanks to everyone who I bumped into with all those sport. That was really, really cool. Um, sad, hopefully I will get a better weekend purchase next time round. Right, general housekeeping taken care of. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. And after this quick musical interlude, Formula E, Marrakesh. Actually, heading into the interlude, I have one fun question that is slightly related to Bike Live. Go on. What happened more recently? Did Danny Pedrosa finish second in the MotoGP World Championship, or did the Jets play in the playoffs? Ooh. Here's the answer after the break. to the question. Danny Pedrosa finishing second in the MotoGP World Championship. He did so in 2012. The last time the New York Jets reached the playoffs was when they lost in the conference championship game in 2010. Oh, wow. (laughs) That was when Mark Sanchez had hope. (laughs) Sounds like a fun time. That that was like literally several generations ago, King. How are you still alive? (laughs) 
it was, it's pain and suffering. You just learned the live. <laughs> okay, so forward or at Marrakech, everybody, and um, <laughs> this was a fun one. Uh, this was a really, really fun one. Um, <laughs> this was always going to be a bit more of a smoking gun for. for Gen 2 of Formula E in general. Um, a track that they've all raced around before, a direct comparison to Gen 1 cars, and uh, we saw, we kind of saw it in qualifying as well, King. I mean, th- if we needed any more walking proof as a direct comparison, these Gen 2 cars are goddamn fast. <laughs> yeah, they look so much faster going around the track. Oh, yeah, they, is... yeah. Even, even <laughs> you, you, know it, you know it passes the eye test when it visibly looked quicker to watch on television. Because obviously we watched Marrakesh last season. I, I certainly did. And, like, comparing it now to this year, it's like, oh my god, they are so much faster. You can They, vis- they are visibly quicker on track to watch. It's crazy. Yep. And on paper, they're five seconds a lap fast. That's, that's nuts. So I'm gonna... I, I can't help, I mean, even, like, Brother Ryan is, is, is like, the biggest Formula E cynic I know, and even he was like, wow, this series has come such a long way so quickly, and I was like, yeah, it has. Uh, I, I said I couldn't help but be impressed by that. Um, that uh, yeah. If you want a direct comparison just the last year, Formula E has pinned uh, a side-by-side of Antonio Felix Tacosta and Nelson Piquet's hot laps uh, from the respective races, and, yeah... It's very much in the favor of the 2019 car on the left side when you watch. Oh god, yeah. You just look at it now, and you, like by the by the first corner, he's already about 0.5 of a second faster. It's nuts, and this is not a long. We all know Formula E tracks are relatively short compared to their Grand Prix counterparts, and it is it is crazy how much faster they are. I mean, imagine if they were on a proper Grand Prix circuit, what the difference would be. It's 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 crazy. Um, it's like a different generation of cars. Well, okay, technically it is a different generation of cars. Better word yourself, Dre, for God's sake. But, Gen 2. But, uh, you know, it, it, it is kind of crazy seeing the uh, actual speed difference there um, on that one. But, uh, King, like, Sam Bird on pole? I think it was. <laughs> Sam Bird on pole against all odds. <laughs> Uh, RJ, is this normally the part where you talk, you talk to us about the belovedness of, of Bird? <laughs> yes. Yes, Bird up. Bird up on pole position despite having a broken car. I didn't watch Qualifying King. Did you tell me the, uh, the extent of this damage? <laughs> so, essentially, Sam Bur- uh, Sam- the rear of Sam Bird's car was damaged when uh, pretty much... In pit lane, he was rear-ended by one of the Neo cars. Oh, in pit lane. Yes. Uh, they were able to replace the power the powertrain between practice sessions, because it happened during, uh, during practice, uh, but they were unable to repair the damage on the diffuser, meaning that Bird had to run qualifying with less downforce. Yikes. And he was still on pole by half a tenth ahead of John Eric Verne. <laughs> Yes, yes. Sam Bird, miracle worker. <laughs> he really is. I mean, yeah, Bird, Vern, DaCosta, Buemi, and, and Sims ended up yeah, being the top five through Super Bowl. But uh, by the time we got to the E-Pre itself, we had drama right from the very start on this one, King. As uh, Jev went swimming um, by uh, some, shall we say, some extremely late breaking. <laughs> yeah. They said it was a brake failure of the car. <clears throat> it looked like just a very. It looked like it looked like a a a package 
that was meant to be airmailed but was returned to sender. <laughs> Let's just say it was uh, yep. ambitious from from Fern breaking into yeah. turn one. Um, so, sometimes one stamp isn't enough. You gotta lick a couple. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> you can see Ryan King is spending his time in Daniel Ricardo Twitter. Um, Oh like you, you, you didn't see it on Friday, kids, but Ricardo swore on Renault's Twitter page, and like King immediately lowered his three hundred pound shorts he bought from Ricardo's website. Uh, <laughs> he, he drives for one of my teams now. So. King's now on the wagon. It is official. King King <laughs> is on the Ricardo wagon. The, the he has become what he hated most. <laughs> Every morning, I just look in the mirror and. <laughs> It's, it's, King, it's going to be a long year and I'm going to enjoy roasting you for it. <laughs> I'm going to make your year a living misery. <laughs> but uh, Jeff, Jeff went in a bit too hot. And I say a bit too hot with an understatement into turn one. Um, he tangled up, got tangled up with Bird. He ended up going sideways. Like half the field had that, that to take evasive action. Um, poor Buemi, I think, was one of the guys who lost out the most. He was starting, I think, third or fourth, and then by the time he was at the t- like, by the time he got to turn two, he was like twelfth. Poor guy, he had to take the long way around to avoid Vern's uh, beached whale of a car in the middle of turn one. But uh, it, it, what it did end up leading to eventually was both BMWs at the front of the field. Um, the c- yeah, Bird got the early hole shot with Sim second and Acosta third. Mm-hmm. So they, 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 and you know, as it turned out, as the race went on, it looked like BMW was the informed team. The Costa spent a few laps trying to figure out how to pass Sam Bird. He actually went over the chicane trying to overtake him earlier in the Grand Prix. But eventually he did around mid-distance and you know and Sims quite quickly followed him through as well to make it BMW one and two at the front. Um, Bird basically hanging on for a podium with with a quite a big queue behind him, featuring guys like Jerome D'Ambrosio, <laughs> Lucas Degrassi, and his teammate Robin Frins was in there as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, about thirty minutes in the thirty minutes to go, DeCosta takes the lead. Um, soon after, Sims get past, and we have a BMW one two finish with Bird hanging on against his teammate friends D'Ambrosio and Degrassi for third place. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> I mean, it's hard not to talk. About, I mean, it's hard not to talk about this one without without now talking about the big one. I mean, we actually got King's live reaction to this as he was as he was watching it. Um, I mean, King, if you want to rant about Fox Sports' terrible Formula E coverage, now's a good time. <laughs> oh, as oh, oh, can I, oh, can I join in on this, too? <laughs> sure, sure, go for it. Don't mind me. I'm, I'm the British guy here. Oh, as in how I could not watch the race live because the YouTube stream was geo-blocked. I could not watch it on repeat because, for some reason, I was not able to access the access it through Fox Sports Go, so I had to use a VPN to say that I live in London so I could access the race replay on YouTube because the race replay is also geo-blocked now. How, uh, so how, um, how is it in London, King? Um, I wish 19 votes went the other way today. (laughs) Well, I don't know a lot of other people. God damn DUP. (laughs) <laughs> them and their 10 seat swing could have swung it um, that's a politics joke everybody everybody everybody, breathe 
Don't send me angry emails. <laughs> Don't tell me to stick to sports. <laughs> uh, please send your angry tweets to at Lucas Degrassi on Twitter. Yeah, that sounds, that, 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 that sounds good. I'll go with that. That's the right address. Yeah, sounds about right. So, <laughs> we're getting to, I think it's about 10 minutes to go, right, King? And um, roughly around the 10 minutes to go mark. And, uh,. Like Sims has closed in on the Costa's leading car. There's only a couple of attempts between them, and next thing you know, going into the chicane, Sims is going for a hail mary round the outside um, oh, of, of said chicane. He has a massive lockup, trying to quote unquote send it around the outside of the chicane that we've seen guys try earlier in the Grand Prix. The Costa, in reaction to Sims' move, also slams his brakes. Um, like he slams his brakes hard, he locks up, and they hit each other. Da Costa. They hit each other. Yeah. Da Costa goes into the tires. Sims drives away, but now he's dropped first, second, and third. And a BMW 1 2 finish is gone. Oof. Yeah. And it becomes a BMW 4. A 4th and a DNF. Like, so, like a good, what, 40 points? Or a good 25, 30 points thrown away there? Um, rule number one, kids: never hit your teammates. And uh, the Costa did precisely that. Um, now, my take on this, King, and I, I said this on Twitter at the time. I was like, my first thought was, "Oh my God, Sims, what have you done?" And then you realise, watching it back, the Costa locks up in response and then literally slams into the side of him. Um, it's you have to kind of give it like a 60-40 against the Costa on this one. But in any yeah. case, how does it get to that point? Was there not a team order thrown, thrown in there somewhere? And even DaCosta himself admitted after the race saying, I'm sorry, that's a mistake and a mistake coming from me only. It's terribly frustrating in the story because we lost a win. We lost a one too. And even if it was just me, Alex could have won the race. But because of that incident, I denied him the win and denied the team a one too. Dacosta was really hard on himself. Yeah, he he took the full brunt of it. He even he he like I know Sims was on Twitter saying you know I'm, I'm very you know it's, it's a sad result but you know I'm happy we got fourth place, got my first points for BMW racing, and Dacosta was the first person to reply saying you were excellent, mate. Um, we'll, we'll pack him up and we'll get him next time. Basically, we'll get him in, in Santiago. Was basically the response. Um, they, to be fair, BMW's drivers handled this extremely well, which is actually quite refreshing for a teammate collision um, in, in most sport these days. But uh, yeah, uh, poor ADC and BMW. That was uh, that was unfortunate. Shall we? Shall we say it was a, a hail mary responded with uh, with a uh, not so great reaction in response from. Uh, from 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 one to Costa on this one, and as you say, it, it would cost BMW a one-two finish because they were comfortably a couple of seconds clear of the of the leading group. That pulled out a safety car, um, and what basically turned the race into a shall we say one-lap sprint because time had ran out by the time the safety car had pulled in. But in, with Formula E's rules, it's forty-five minutes plus one lap, and that plus one lap came into play um, as we basically had a one-lap sprint finish at the end of it, and uh, it was uh, <laughs> Jerome D'Ambrosio, who for the first time in Formula E history has won a race outright. He took the checkered flag for the technical term because he's had he's had two previous wins before in Formula E, 
but uh, they were both gifted to him after disqualifications on Lucas Degrassi. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This is the first time. This is this is the first time that he has seen the checkered flag, taken the win, and cashed the check. And you know, that's pretty awesome. It is. It, it, it was really sweet to see because like, Jerome lost his mind. Like I love he was talking to uh, Dario um, after they, they, they tap into that radio. Like, they did, like it's, it's, it's like the new wave in sports where commentators get to tap into microphones. Like they, I see it in cricket all the time now. So there's a mic in, in the helmet. It's like, oh, hi Jerome, it's Dario. How are you feeling? And I just hear, yes! <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh. It's like NASCAR's dying. Got to steal all their good yeah, stuff. Yeah, like you just you just hear that, and you just hear screams from Jerome. He's been waiting a long time for a clean win, and he finally got it. Yeah, and this after a terrible uh, season for seventeen eighteen, where he only had a one podium finish, and it looked like his career was done. Mm-hmm. It it really did like his career was over. He was struggling along for it for a good. He was plodding along. He's one of. I mean. It's nice to see sort of the real form of the E originals um, as well, who's been here from the very start. And he's he's always, like, as, as Dario said after the race, he's criminally underrated in this series. Like, if the car is good, he is always in the conversation for, for, for wins and whatnot. He's always been up there. And I'm glad he finally got a W outright on, on this one. It was a very well-earned drive, and... and did, did anyone see Gil's celebration afterwards? <laughs> that is that is a man who did not give a fuck that he was on live television at that point in time. He literally holds both sides of the camera and screams directly into the lens. It was beautiful. <laughs> all the hats came out. Um, like like I, I, all from all I've been told about Mahindra in Formula E is that they are a proper family unit. Like they are a. a a, one of these real proper teams um, in in Formula E, and they've embraced this series well. It was their first win as a team since Felix Rosenquist um, won last year. But uh, a, a brilliant win for for Jerome Ambrose, and also shout out as well to, to Pascal Verlaine who came back out and celebrated with the team as well because he had a rough day. We we saw his um yeah. his, his debut race in Formula E. He was uh, taken out by Lucas Degrassi at the opening corner. And uh, had a bit of a, an, an understandable strop going back into the garage, having to retire due to car damage. Um, so uh, both sides of the Mahindra coin coming into play, but uh, a brilliant win for Jerome. I mean, should we talk as well a little bit about the train that was behind Jerome when he won that race? Oh yes, because uh, because all the way to the final exit of the final corner, he had pressure from Robin Friends who finished in second uh just over a tenth of a second behind that's his best formula e result of course he missed last year third in putrajaya in season two was his best mm. finish up to this point and he was hounding him all the way through that final lap he was hounding there that was a nice reminder of, of robin friend's class in this field he's always been very very good in formula e um and yeah, great result. I mean, his best ever result in Formula Three. I don't, I don't think Envision Virgin are going to be too disappointed with second and third overall because his teammate Bird filled out the podium in third. I don't think they'll be too disappointed with that result at all. And uh, thirty six points for the constructors championship because, as mentioned, Sandberg got the three point bonus for pole position. <laughs> so uh, thirty six points all in for the Virgin team. Good for him. And as uh, Yafor mentioned, Alex Sims was there in fourth. 
Um, John Eric Verne in fifth, who <laughs> was in the walls all day long, started second, dropped to 17th after the lap one um, break job, and then clawed his way back up to fifth and only a second off the win. But those two... Yo, can we, can we talk about how Tachita just sneakily had two comeback performances? Because not only did Verne <laughs> drop to the back right. of the grid... Andre Lauderer started 20th and finished 6th. Yeah, these two cheaters are fast. They are fast as hell. Um, yeah, two comebacks from the T Cheetah boys to finish fifth and sixth to recover 18 points from turn one of, of that race is a remarkable result um, from them. I think they still lead the uh, manufacturers' challenge. I'll get to that in a bit. They do. They do. Because yeah. of that result, they are they lead seven points ahead of Mahendra and Andretti BMW. Indeed. Thanks for that, Roger. Um Yeah, round off the rest of the points real quick. Lucas Degrassi in seventh from 11th on the grid. Aldi, not quite the juggernaut they were looking like they were going to be earlier on in the year, but Lucas Degrassi. He does get a bonus point for fastest lap, 120.2 in that one. So he gets seven points instead of six. Sebastian Buemi, who started third, had to get, as mentioned, dropped to about 16th after the opening corner, got back up to eighth again. Mitch Brah in ninth. That's Brah. Uh, for, for Jaguar and Daniel Apt rounding off the points in 10th ahead of uh, Jose Maria Lopez in 11th. Um, King, one of King's 14 boys, Max Gunther in 12th. Um, happy birthday, Odara Mortara. He was 32 during the weekend. He finished in 13th ahead of PK Jr., Ollie Rowland, Oliver Turvey in 16th, Tom Dillman in 17th, and Felipe Massa in 18th. Four DNFs, as mentioned, Acosta due to uh, extreme breaking, shall we say. Both HWAs didn't make it past lap three. Sigh. We got Gary Paffick's sad uh, lower third graphics. When he retired with oh. a brake fit, uh, puncture. Uh, Stoffel Van Dorn's retirement due to brake failure didn't even get seen on television. Yikes. And Van Dorn and Massa have been clearly the runaway favorites in Fan Boost as the yeah. two most recent Formula One at Sports to Formula E. Uh, we're two races in. Uh, Van Dorn has not finished in the points, and Massa just finished last of all the runners. Is it time yeah. to throw and the panic button? Yeah, and it was not a good look, considering that their boss's boss decided to show up to this race weekend, who had an amusing lower third. Yeah, Toto Wolf yeah, was in the house. That would be Toto Wolf. Yeah, to- Toto Wolf, husband of Susie Wolf. <laughs> Whoever is in the graphics department for Formula E who had that beautiful stunt, like, please tell me so I can give you a hug and push for a pay rise. You deserve all the money. That was hilarious. Um, well played, that person. Um, I love that Cameron just goes, yeah, deserves an official media of the year is now a lock for Formula E's graphics department. Um, they, they, have, they have now taken the lead with that one. So uh, well played, I, I will say. But uh, I, I, I can't disagree. It, it is a little bit nerve-wracking for the rookie counts if uh, Paffitt, Van Dorn, like they have a car that doesn't seem to be ready for this sort of level of competition yet. That might be too harsh to say. I don't know, but it's it's certainly eyebrow-raising for sure. And uh, Felipe Massa, struggle-icious. 
um, on, on that one, shall we say. Championship standings real quick before we move on. Jerome D'Ambrosio now leads the way in the Drivers' Championship. Mahindra, top of the pile in Formula E again. It's lovely to see. Uh, you love to see it, as they say on Twitter these days. 40 points. He's 12 points ahead of Antonio Felix da Costa with 28. Um, he's just ahead of John Eric Verne on countback. He's also on 28. Andre Lotter, a fourth on 19. Frins and Burr, the Envisions, both on 18 each. Ahead of Mitch Brah on 14. Sims of 12. Buemi of 12. And Lucas Degrassi rounding off the top of the board in the top 10 on that one. Team standings, T-Cheetah still leads the Manufacturers' Championship with 47 points. They, are, they have a 7-point lead over Mahindra and BMW, who both have 40 each, with Envision rounding off the top four in the, the real big boys with 36 points. Then there's a bit of a gap down to Edam's Nissan with 18 round off the top five on that one. Next time out, I want to say, is, is uh, Santiago, boys? Santiago, yes, Chile. Santiago. The Latin American excursion continues in two weeks' time. On January 26th. Two weeks' time, and it, it will be your lead-in to the Rolex 24 at Daytona because uh, the race is scheduled to start an hour before the Rolex 24 starts. Tiny. Very tiny. It's almost like they planned that or something. <laughs> um, very clever. Um, very, very good. So, any final thoughts on the Formula Reboys before we move on? Oh, man. It is... It's better than I expected it to be. Yeah, I'm inclined it, to agree. It's awesome. Uh, it's awesome. We got two great races. Um, one race that we didn't expect to be good, that exceeded expectations, and one race that we expect to be all right to be really good. Yeah, and it, and it really confirmed a lot of things that uh, race one wasn't, you know, a random lottery. The teams that were fast in race one are actually genuinely fast. I don't know if I, I don't know if we would put uh, Cam as suggesting that BMW as a candidate, an early candidate for the Fallon Dior. I don't think so. Uh, it depends how the rest of the year plays out. If yeah, they we still got a lot of year to go. It, 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 yeah. it, it's a good dipping your toes in the water. Uh, <laughs> so it was a good way to start off the year. We have the benchmark that's now been set. We have uh, DaCosta boning his team out of about 25 points. Sounds good. Uh, it, it, and himself out of the points lead. Yeah. Um, not good. I hope that doesn't come back to bite BMW. Um, I, at, least, at least I sincerely hope not anyway. More on that as the season goes on. But again, as end, I completely agree with, with the boys here as well. That was a very, very solid um, Formula E race. This series just... It, it doesn't lack drama. <laughs> That's the one thing that anyone can say about Formula E. It always yeah, has... Forget, a... T forget TNT. Formula E knows drama. Oh, God, yeah. It knows so much drama. It is getting a bit ridiculous now at this point. Uh, so I love the hearing of the Pittsburgh Steelers you blew its award from from from, from Black and Wild in the Discord <laughs> chat. Um, fun times if you're a urinating tree fan. Best YouTube channel. Subscribe to him. Um, but yeah, Formula E, another fun race indeed. We'll check back with you at the end of January for Santiago. No, not the uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine version, although that would also be pretty cool. Right after this quick musical interlude. <laughs> Girl crush alert. Um, anyway, after this quick news, we'll be back to talk about news.
who giggled at my 9 9 joke? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Good man, I'm King. <laughs> King knows the score. <laughs> Into the news, everybody, and we have a doozy to start off with this time round. Um, hot damn, uh, to cut the episode title. Um, Ferrari <laughs> made a pretty spicy move uh, last week, as at the time of recording, as uh, it turns out, as kind of hinted at and rumoured, Marussia Arabeni is gone. <laughs> the king is dead. Oh, Long live the king. In comes Matteo Binotto as new team principal. And um, is this the part where everyone looks at me, the angry Ferrari fan in the corner? Um, <laughs> now... How much do we believe about the belief from the Italian rag sheets and the Ferrari spin rooms claiming that uh, uh, Mauricio Rivabene was abusive to staff, that he bullied a lot of people when, you know, the team were underperformed? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's... that info, which was relayed by people like Will Buxton and Motorsport Magazine's Mark Hughes who were the first to chime in and said, oh, yeah, well, we knew Arrive Benny was not full on for this job. Yeah, mm. it, it seems weird that they're reporting it now that he was fired. They didn't report it during... They didn't report it while Ferrari was clearly underperforming. Yeah, I, f- I find that weird. Like, you think they would have cashed in on that when it was a bit more relevant, like when they were their much-publicized struggle in that sense. Um, to be fair, uh, that's the first I've heard of it. I did not know that people, like the Italian media was coming out saying that he was basically an abusive boss in that sense and that um, the British media seemed to double down on that which uh, yeah if Buxton and Mark Fuse who are very respected in this game are coming out and saying that there's probably an element of truth to it if they're willing to put their names on it um, yeah the bullet quote from the Formula 1 write up Arriva Bene's rule by fear fractured his team and ultimately failed his employers yikes if this was football, one could argue Ariba Bene might not have lasted beyond the end of 2017. Hmm. And that was interesting because 2017 was a really optimistic year for Ferrari. Yeah, they didn't win the championship, but they clearly turned the corner. They'd won five races that season, and Sebastian was second in the championship and could have... Hmm. Even though even though that quote saying if it was like football, I think they were kind of doing a wink and a nod to a another notable team in mm, probably um hi jose um but um <laughs> well to, to borrow another analogy from football if you've lost the locker room you've got to go as a, that's that's the mentality i've always had when it comes to things like that and that's probably why jose Mourinho got sacked at united but at the same time it's if if that story is true, if the stories that the Italian press are reporting are true about Arava Benny, then yeah, he's got to go. Like like this, the, when, yeah. you, when you combine that with the fact that this, I mean, we talked about this during our season review. Like the impression that I got was that, depending on what side of the coin you looked at it at, you could say Ferrari's year was still pretty good. You could also say it was pretty disappointing. It's kind of like Schrodinger's Formula One season review. You, you don't really know what it is until you open the box. And it was kind of weird. They had clearly their best ever hybrid season, but it was kind of clear they had a shot at the title, and they severely yeah, blew it. Because yeah, if if you if you look at it simply based on the championship standings at the end of the year, it wasn't that bad of a year. If you 
just take a look at, you know, points race by race and how they got up to that point, you'd assume they would have more points than that. Indeed. Yeah. Indeed. They, they probably should have t- at least taken the Constructors to the final round, at least, um, on that one. But, uh, yeah, I mm. mean... Should we get to know the new guy? Tell us more, RJ. Um, because I have the write-up from uh, from the monolith. Um, Mattia Bonato started with Ferrari in '95. He started as a test engine engineer, uh, went up to a role as chief engineer race and assembly in 2007. Uh, he became head of engine and Kurs operation in 2009. That was when you know Kurs was new. He got deputy director and engine electronics in 2013, and then took on the role of chief operating officer of power units but he most recently got promoted to chief technical officer in 2016 as ferrari's attempts to make gains in the power unit department intensified so he is probably the guy behind ferrari's big push in the engine department in the last couple of years and now he's running the whole team yeah which is the first time in what three team principles that we've gotten someone from actually within the team itself mm. Because, obviously, Arriva Bene uh, did not work at Ferrari. He was originally from Philip Morris International. Team principal for, before him, Matteo Mattiacci, he was head of Ferrari uh, North America. Oh, my so God, was... we forgot about Matteo yeah. Mattiacci. Yeah. He, was so <laughs> yeah. he was so forgettable, wasn't he? My God. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was a trip. Oh, so he this was the David Moyes. <laughs> so, this, was, this is Ferrari's... Uh, most recent team principal promoted from within the team since Stefano Domenicali. Oh wow, that, that's a throwback! Jesus, he's <laughs> that, that is a throwback. My word, he's he's too busy uh, spilling his guts about uh, the Ducati situation. It's a, a quick tangent. Did anyone see the quotes he came out with earlier this week regarding that? No. He, oh, he threw Jorge Lorenzo under the bus. Um, oh boy, he said straight up. Now that Danilo Petrucci is in, it's like there's already a much better team dynamic here at Ducati. <laughs> More on Bringing this on that Ferrari life. culture <laughs> yeah. to Ducati. Yeah, he said there's a much greater team dynamic in here. Like, Dovi is our guy, Petrux is in, everybody is happy, basically. And you know, uh, for those on, a, on, too, not on too big a tangent, it's already kind of been no secret that Dovi and Lorenzo hated each other by the time that the 2018 season was over. Um, basically, to the point where Lorenzo said... Dovi, you were only a world champion in one two five, basically. Damn. <laughs> uh, the the petty Olympics at full display, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, for that to be a thing, I thought was quite surprising. Anyway, uh, just uh, more on that on Bike Live next week, most likely. But um, I thought like I had to get that one in. And also, I should just uh, mention what Marco Mattiacci has been up to. Uh, most recently, he was uh, uh, CCO and. Uh, chief brand officer at Faraday Future, which also oh. uh, doesn't really exist anymore. Oh, <laughs> oh no! Another up in the world. Uh, another dumpster fire of a brand. Oh dear! Oh dear! So speaking of segues, the dumpster fires <laughs> of a brand. Go on. I'm going out of order in the set list because we had another um, another team principal appointment from McLaren. Oh. Do tell. Oh, yes. Um, the name's Andreas Seidel. Um, if you're not familiar with that name, he is the man who headed up Porsche's LMP1 program through 2017. And he has been appointed the manager of the McLaren F1 team, meaning he runs that program now. 
because so, so, yeah, Jill DeFerrin's getting a promotion. Well, an indirect promotion. So what's he doing now, then? Uh, Jill DeFerrin is head of all of McLaren's motorsport operations. Uh, Whoa! Basically, they want to... Fr- uh, yeah, basically they're freeing up Jill DeFerrin to focus on uh, McLaren's transition into being uh, their own IndyCar team. <laughs> Is your an agent? Which Jill DeFerrin has a lot of experience with. Uh, yeah, Jill DeFerrin, two-time American champion, 2003 Indy 500 winner. Yeah. Yeah. He's, 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 pretty, he's pretty good at the whole American race car thing. Um, yeah. As you and 3 and also back on said in the chat, uh, firing via promotion. Um, which, <laughs> so, uh, which I thought was quite funny. But uh, yeah, Zach Brown t- kind of taking a, taking a step back from the F1 team. And uh, I mean... We all saw what happened when Alonso retired in Abu Dhabi, and, and Zach said, "You're a champ. Let's go win the triple crown." It's like, "Yep, you, oh my God. you knew exactly where this was heading." And uh, yeah, they've 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 left the F1 team uh, slightly behind, so they can now go on towards world domination or win an oval race. You know, <laughs> but uh, I think. Andreas Seidel's a good hire. I agree. Um, in terms of guys who could help turn that program around i mean they're at least saying like they could oh yeah we can have a good car in 2019 which everybody laughs at and that's how far mclaren's stock is falling when you're just like oh my gosh they're so crazy thinking they can have an upper midfield car how ambitious <laughs> but yeah i think it's as cam says in the discord like i agree like it's about as good a hire as i think they could have made realistically in, in in that scenario that they're in right now a team that we all know struggled quite heavily towards the end of last year and you know um hey I, they probably needed a little bit of a shot in the arm so yeah that, that makes a lot of sense from where i'm sitting so looking looking forward to seeing that turns out and uh hmm <laughs> mclaren that'll be a fun one to keep an eye on um let's let's talk a little bit about mick Mick Schumacher, that is, because um, here, it, 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 guys, it looks like he's going to be joining Ferrari's driver academy very soon. Yeah, it's being reported as official, not officially confirmed by Ferrari, that Mick Schumacher, the 19-year-old reigning European Formula Three champion and Formula Two prospect, is going to join the Ferrari driver academy, uh, following the footsteps of his father, who, of course, won five of his seven titles with Ferrari. From 2000 to 2004, it was either going to be them, or it's going to be either, Merce- or it was going to be Mercedes Junior program. It looks like there was a bidding war, and ultimately, it looks like Ferrari has won. Ferrari, Ferrari, yes, because because just like a lot of years, there is uh, plenty of vacancy in the Ferrari Driver Academy, considering that pretty much the academy ace Antonio, Antonio Giovinazzi is no longer in the academy he has a full time seat at Sauber so Ferrari needs uh, a quote unquote rookie driver to fill out test days that pretty much require a driver who has not competed in more than two F1 races in their career <laughs> and the other academy members at the moment are Callum Eilat and Marcus Armstrong who are easily further down the totem pole than Mick Schumacher is right now. Sounds about right. It's strange to think that Callum Eilat and Mick Schumacher pretty much broken in about the same time out of karting and, uh, well, Mick's uh, obviously in a much faster progression curve. Yeah. Poor, poor Callum Eilat. 
Also, this adds on to the news that uh, Ferrari also have a new sim driver to replace Daniil Kvyat. Uh, one Pascal Verla. Ooh, Pascal's in. Our, our beloved son, Seb's favorite child, um, has, has rejoined Ferrari. That's that's neat. Um, so yeah, Ferrari is making moves. Seb's gonna buy all the chicken nuggets. It's gonna be delicious. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Please don't let that be like the Ferrari end of season banquet, though. Don't get ideas from from us. <laughs> yeah, don't get ideas from us. No, no uh, banquet spread of McDonald's fillet of fishes. <laughs> no, no sweet and sour sauce in the gravy jar, please. No, um, that like that that I can't disagree with on that one. But uh, congrats hey. to Mick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, congrats to Mick. Um, how's his F three title rival doing, King? Ooh, from in his words, or just from the outside looking in? Um, apart from there, there's nothing else to say. Second is not where I should be finishing, and the other two races on they had on the weekend were shit set of tires, and I got hit off by my teammate in the first one. So that was <laughs> it. Disastrous weekend for me. And yeah, that's it, really. That's Red Bull Junior Team prospect, Team Mugen Super Formula driver formula three winner asian series driver dan tickdom after not sweeping the weekend races in bury room thailand yes as it stands dan tickdom is sixth in the winter series with across the first weekend a retirement a sixth place finish and a second place finish hey chris chris do you want to know who's first in the championship chris chris tell him who's first in the championship <laughs> ooh, 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 i think i know this one he won the first two races 2018 Indy Pro 2000 champion Renus Van Kampout. But you know yes, this Renus VK. <laughs> nice. <sighs> oh, man. I don't know. I feel so, like he's not American. He's 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 Dutch, but I feel some sort of pride when some when some guy from the road to Indy just rolls up to to a bunch of Europeans and just stops the shit out of if if he's responsible for keeping Dan Tictum out of F1 for another year, I will laugh my head hey, off. Hey, Red Bull, Red Bull, you you may need another young Dutchman to come up the rank soon. Uh, once Matt leaves the nest, just saying. Just saying. Just saying. It's like I love the camera. The Discord just goes, "How dare he beat me, the great Dan Tictum!" <laughs> that- also, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting how Dan handles a full first season in Super Formula, a professional championship mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. if if he's gonna do that in the winter series it's gonna be tough sledding yeah. <sighs> um yeah oh we oh. uh we also got recently some news in the indycar series some big news big big news like this could be forever news indycar's got a brand new title sponsor yo yeah <laughs> and it's Wait, it's NTT Data, everybody. <laughs> Nippon Telephone and Telegram. But you know them as NTT. Suck it, Verizon! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> From one phone supplier to another. I thought that was quite funny. But uh, yeah, it is now the NTT IndyCar Series, which sounds awesome. Shout out to a friend of the show, Kira Gibbons, who tweeted, and I quote, New season on the horizon. Also, I should say, new season on the Verizon. Damn, I can't use that joke anymore. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. Very very clever, sir. Very clever. 
But uh, yes, that was a thing. What <laughs> was quite funny. Yeah, just just going on the optics of the new series logo. Not a big fan, but I do like the the typeface they use for IndyCar series. Yeah, it looks better now. It does look it looks more cutting yeah, edge. It looks, it looks fresh. Yeah, it does look better. I I, I did I did like that. So uh, it's a bit, it's a bit fr- apparently it's going to be redesigned according to Chris. So is is that current logo a placeholder then? It's going to be redesigned again. And it'll be available in Yeah, uh, from what from what I'm thinking, uh, well, since Verizon's no longer with the series, they're, they're going to have to redesign the app a bit. And uh, since Verizon's no longer with the series, it should be available in other carriers besides Verizon. Oh, thank God! God, I could fi- I could finally use the app. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, do, do, and the app has always been free, from what I remember. Yeah, the app has always been free, but many of the big features have been kept locked away for if you're on anything other than Verizon. Yeah, I, I love that uh, our friend of the show, Zoe Hamilton, was always pushing to open that up for uh, for people that in- internationally as well, because obviously us being Brits, of course we missed out on that sort of thing. Uh, once again, IndyCar punishing its international fans. <laughs> Sad face. But um, yes, I, I, it looks like there's some NTT customers in the Discord server. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> But, Though, oh my god, the interview with uh, NTT's executive vice president where he said that he hopes this deal lasts forever. Oh, That must, guy, must... That, that was such a weird announcement because like he starts off, yes, my first name is this, my last name is that, and they call me this, and in China my name is this. Like, they couldn't, how was that part of the announcement? It, it just made it seem like it was real clumsy almost. It felt like it was uh, almost like it was not meant to be televised. Like it was just like it, just an interview that they would just edit in post. And like, and it just seemed like we we're, we're dragging on here, guys. Come on, let's keep going here. What what are we really here for, y'all? <laughs> but guys, they're gonna be around forever. <laughs> it must have been How a really good deal then. That? How awesome is it though, that you have a three-letter acronym for a non-consumer-based product sponsoring the IndyCar series again? Doesn't that remind you of a certain okay. other uh, company? Yeah, the PPG Cup in the, yeah. in the in the halcyon days of the sports Sounds popularity good. in the nineties. <laughs> we also got title sponsorships for the Firestone uh, Laguna Seca Grand Prix and the Rev Group Grand Prix of Road America. The series obviously takes precedence. Yes, it's a good deal. Yeah, because NTT is a massive company. Yeah, it's 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 huge. It has a net income of eight hundred billion yen. That's billion with a B. It has twenty one point twenty five trillion with a T yen of total assets as of twenty seventeen. Yeah. What, what's that in freedom dollars? <laughs> I can I can go crunch the numbers here. Trillion. Good old Google. Okay, yeah, that's a that's a hundred ninety two billion U.S. dollars. Oh my God. Yeah, this this is massive. This is just like their American offshoot of this company. Yeah. Oh, just a tad. That is enormous. <laughs> Y'all, we landed a good one. <laughs> Sounds like we did. Uh, 
based on the based on the press conference, it feels like we have a lot to thank. I mean, we have to thank Takuma Sato for this great, great opportunity. Yes, Takuma. Thanks for winning. Thanks for winning the Indy 500, Takuma. We appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate it. <laughs> and and thank you for that win at Portland. You could have easily retired after winning the Indianapolis 500 and got out a legend, but you you drove another masterpiece at Portland this past year. Yes, now Sato. You get better with age, <laughs> dude. Just as Toki would say. Yes, we stand Takuma around here. We are here for this. It is awesome. Yay. Right. I'm going to shut up now for the next half hour, for the most part, because uh, it is time for RJ and the boys to take over. And as it is IMSA time, as Toki puts in the Discord server, as they preview the Rolex 24. Take it away, fellas. Oh. Oh boy, this is this is a big stage here. Um, big stage. Yeah, this is this is one third of your endurance triple crown. It happens once a year, last weekend in January or first weekend of February, at the Roval at Daytona International Speedway. It's it essentially is, motorsports all star game. It's it's an actual Daytona day in that it's <laughs> at Daytona and the race lasts an entire day. It's a Rolex 24 Daytona. If you're probably watching one endurance race this year, other than Le Mans, it's probably going to be this one. And let's be honest, this one have, probably has a lot more potential to be a to be a start to finish thriller. With four different uh, classes competing, with two of them being pro classes, two being pro and we have a lot of different driver lineups going on here. And of course, the big question is going in. How will Fernando Alonso do? That's what everyone's going to be focusing God on. Damn it. <laughs> Here we go again. I have to. Oh, we got away from this. I, I had to. Yeah, I yes. had to. I had to bring it up immediately. He's going to be one of the of four. Course. Yeah. Yeah, so this is the North American return of your two-time Formula One World Drivers Champion. Number Fernando one. Alonso. Number two in the top 50. Number one in our heart. <laughs> your heart, RJ. Your heart. um yeah this is a thick this is a thick dpi class it's 11 cars deep six cadillacs two acuras six caddies six caddies two mazdas two acuras and one secondhand nissan it's just like the uh the shady used car lot down the street and the partridge in a except it's the 67th running (laughs) Except it's the 67th running of the 24 hours of Daytona. Um, Dre, do you have any questions about this uh, about this class? My question is, how well is Fernando Alonso going to do? <laughs> well, I think it's going to be different than last year because there is... Uh, it isn't one unified prototype class this year, is it, RJ? Yeah, they have split Daytona Prototype International from Le Mans Prototype 2. Right. The cars form the basis of what eventually becomes DPI. Uh, LMP2 got the bad end of this split, by the way, because uh, after Sebring, we might just be down to one car, if you believe some reports. Uh, The four cars that are there are good. I'm kind of thinking which Dragon Speed wins it. Is it going to be the one headed up by future IndyCar driver Ben Handley and prototype star Nicola LaPierre? Or is it going to be the one headed up by former IndyCar star Pastor uh, Sebastian Saavedra and 2012 Spanish Grand Prix winner Pastor Maldonado. Or it could be neither one of them because motorsport's silly like that. <laughs> it yeah, is silly. real silly. 
Though also, uh, within the LMP2 class, there will be no BOP, no balance of performance. And why do it when they're all the same chassis? Oh, <laughs> yeah, <God. laughs> no reason to balance them when they're built. The what do you same. mean all the animals are already equal? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean Orica just molly the field for the last two years and that's all anybody wants to go with? <sighs> oh my goodness. Um, I guess do we just start with the uh, the 10 car, the Wayne Taylor racing Konica Minolta Cadillac? Because that's why most people are here. Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> um yeah so remember it remember so, when this car was just like a dad and his two kids and like a thermonuclear weapon from detroit um they they dropped one of the kids yeah he got a good gig though uh driving for uh some guy named roger pensky turned mm. out all right i think uh, roger where have i where have i heard that name um uh, okay so this so this is jordan taylor a.k.a. Rodney Sandstorm, the greatest social media presence in any form of racing. This is Kamui Kobayashi, the overall lap record holder at Lamar. This is Ranger Vander Zanda, na 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 <laughs> uh, the co-authors of two of the of the past two, um, the homage to Albert Zanardi's original pass at Laguna Seca, and a 37-year-old uh, Spanish um, lifestyle clothing head named Fernando Alonso. What have we done? <laughs> what have we done? Hey, hey don't, don't drag this? me into this. <laughs> I was not a part of this plan. This is probably the most stacked four-driver lineup in DPI in the entire field. The only lineup that comes close to this in any sense of D the DPI field, I think, is a three-driver lineup involving, I believe it's Alexander Rossi, Elio Castroneves, and Ricky Taylor, and the number seven accurate Team Penske DPI. I mean, you think about what you yeah, have there. Good lord! Yeah, oh, and that's just geez. one half of Acura Team Penske's garage because the other car has Juan Pablo Montoya, who's won this race a couple of times and some other big races in America. Uh, Simon, no, he's also on the verge of a triple crown. Too. Yeah, the other guy chasing a triple crown alongside Simon Paginot, who has won an Indy IndyCar championship in this podcast lifetime. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Dame Cameron is probably the name you don't know, but he is a past IMSA Premier Class champion in recent memory as well. That sits yeah, good it, drivers it, across two cars. It, it took me a while to learn that Dame Ca Dane Cameron wasn't like a race pseudonym for Oscar Isaacs. <laughs> also, I believe a Team USA scholarship uh, alumnus as well from that uh, program yes, Jeremy Shaw runs to bring young Americans to the Formula Ford Festival every year. Oh yeah. So, so, uh, so you're saying that Alexander Rossi's getting the terms with this uh, with this Daytona prototype, and he's only had a couple weeks testing in it. From what I've heard, they've meshed quite well. In a car that he also shares with Ricky Taylor and Elio Castroneves, who still has pretty good hair. Magnificent Absolutely. hair. And if, if we think about this, at, with the Acura having an entire year of development, Team Penske led the race for part of the race last year with only four yellow, full-course yellows the whole time. If they were able to figure out the weaknesses from last year, they have a really good shot at this, uh, at this title this year. However... The uh, big elephant in the room that we're not talking about is uh, there's a certain Japanese manufacturer that might have gained quite a bit over the off season. 
Mazda Team Yoast. Mazda have been the perennial IMSA prototype doormat. Um, then at the Jean before the marathon, excuse me, the Roar before the 24, um, Oliver Jarvis of Mazda Team Yoast set an unofficial, outright Daytona road course lap record that had set, been, stood for 25 years. And now everybody is excited about Mazda Team Yoast, a Mazda program that has never finished this race at all as a prototype entrant. You could say that also that Team Yost has got a not-so-secret weapon back in their lineup. Yes, because they have triple Le Mans winning race engineer Lita Gade heading up the 77 car, which is driven by Oliver Jarvis, by young Tristan Nunez, who is 23 years old, by Timo Bernhard, who has pretty much won everything there is to win in endurance racing, and with Rene Rast, the DTM star. That's just one half of their lineup. The other car of Jonathan Bomarito, Harry Tinknell, and Oliver Pla. That's still a good one. Yeah. On paper, this is not a bad team, but they also have to fight being Mazda. <laughs> being Mazda. <laughs> like, it won't be a problem because because West London's finest, Lena, is back where she belongs in a, in a, in a, in a proper paddock, so let's do this. <laughs> We stand well, as team. Lit would say, they are their own worst enemy, so... Mm. Yeah. Um, have we yet mentioned the team, the organization that's won this race uh, quite a bit recently? Uh, they operate under different banners, but Action Express Racing run two Cadillacs, including the car that last year set a distance record and is farewelling their veteran driver Christian Fittipaldi in this race, alongside Joel Barbosa, Felipe Albuquerque, and Conweezy dropped into that five car. Oh, man. It's... What do you... DPI, this is scary. They can just have a race by themselves, and it'd probably be really entertaining. <laughs> yeah, could I also mention in the other car that they have, they have the best Brazilian striker duo since Ronaldo and Ronaldinho got together <laughs> when they brought in Pipo Durrani to partner Felipe Nazar in the 31 car. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so, out of all of that, you've got some pretty big names, but there's a few who you fe kind of feel... Do you think some of them could spring an upset? Do you think there's an upset special Ooh. in the field? Just on numbers, you want to believe that a Cadillac is probably going to win this. Mm. Yeah, I'm looking at a couple Cadillacs that might not have, like, all-star driver lineups, but... I'm looking at this 85 card that's got a couple of names you'll recognize and a couple of you don't. You might recognize Rubens Barrichello. He have three of 300 plus formula The man, starts. the myth, the legend. You might also <laughs> yes. You might also recognize Tristan Vautier, who damn near nearly won his last IndyCar start and um, was very, very quick in a limited schedule last year. He also has 18-year-old Canadian Devlin DeFrancesco alongside him and Misha Goikberg, the Canadian, the Rush, the Canadian-born Russian, um, who's been probably one of the better amateur drivers in this class for the last couple of years. And probably been my kick pick for like an like a dark horse to win this race. Mm -hmm. Ooh. Uh, Chris, um, any any of the other teams that we haven't mentioned that really stands out to you? Well, to me, I was looking at the row before the 24 results from DPI, and one team that really struck out to me, they had a 6th, a 5th, and a 4th, and 3 of the sessions, Yukos Racing. Um, this is their first foray into sports cars, and they have 
Kyle Kaiser, who was the 2017 Indy Lights champion. Renee Bender, uh, who rode a couple of races last year. But what I really like is the fact that they got Will Owen back. He drove for Yunkos uh, in what was formerly Pro Mazda for a couple of years and then went off to United Autosports for a few seasons in sports cars. He's back with the team for the Rolex 24. I think he, I think he's yeah. a full-season driver, if I remember right. Yeah, he is their only full-season driver. And not just that, um, he's been getting a lot of accolades as a, uh, as a silver-rated prototype driver in Europe. So he's leveled up a lot in the last couple of years. I think it with, could be a big breakout race for him. I think with Yugos, the fact that they're inexperienced might be a good thing for them because, I mean, they don't know what they don't know. And if they're, you know, if they're going after this with just a clear head, they, they could just say, hey, okay, we're, we're going to have some fun here and not necessarily take it, you know, as, stre- as with a lot of stress that some other teams have done are going to take the trace that they've done with before. So this will be a new experience with them. Yungos, uh, they have a great facility. They have great people. I'm confident that they will do well, assuming they can keep everything on track um, for the whole race. But let's one thing we should also bring up here, one team released a new livery today, and they have a oh. fantastic shot here, and that is the Nissan DPI team of Core Autosport. RJ, you want to take this one over? Yeah, so um, Core Autosport nearly damn near won the title with a with an actual pro am driver lineup in an LMP2 uh, and a proper LMP2 car. They damn near won the series championship. Um, they have 53 year old businessman Jonathan Bennett from Kentucky. They have former NASCAR Truck Series washout Colin Braun, who's since morphed into one of the better prototype drivers in IMSA. And to go along with that in a brand new Nissan DPI, because they're not going to be playing for prizes at the kids' table, they brought in Roman Dumas, who's won every big endurance race except this one, and Loic Duval, who has also won Le Mans before. Man, that... It's, it's hard to say that, yeah, we're going to take a fight to probably three of the most dominant teams in IMSA, let's say Penske, uh, Yost, and, you know, the uh, the Wayne Taylor Cadillacs. And when you say that I'm going to get the best drivers available, it's hard to see that you're going to get any drivers better th- than Romain Dumas or Luke Duval. Yeah, there's no bad lineup. Every single one is quality, and this is just in one class. And I tell you about the driver that we haven't talked about in the Yunko's car, Chris, because Agustin Canapino is the three-time and reigning Turismo Carretera champion of Argentina. That's their equivalent of supercars. That's their equivalent of NASCAR. He is a big deal down there, and he's a home country driver uh, from Argentina, just like team principal Ricardo Yunko's. That could be very, very fun. Yep, man. That, that really... That really just adds to the all-star game feel. Oh man! And we've got we got thirty-one GT cars. Thirty-one. Uh, Twenty. Oh, oh, hold on. Thirty. Yeah, twenty-three oh, of them are GT3 cars from GT Daytona, and nine of them are GTE cars. That's from thirty-two GTLA cars. Math. Oh yeah, so that's thirty-two. Yeah, 30 Alabama seconds. math. My apologies. <laughs> Well, I think we should talk about GT Le Mans since there's only nine of them there. I mean, we've got the two by two by two by two of uh, Ford. By one. Yeah. But with, yeah, one, one Ferrari. With Ford, with one Ferrari just rolling in from Texas. Ford, Porsche, BMW, and Corvette with two, and then the one Ferrari from Houston, Texas with the recent Competizione team. 
this is going to be a fun, fun class to look at. Everyone's going to be really, really close. Everyone's had a year of development um, in the offseason, especially with the BMWs finally getting themselves under control here. We're going to have a really, really good class here with GTLM, I think. Oh, my goodness. And if you want to talk about a star presence, not only do BMW have two big mates, (laughs) they have two-time... Two-time IndyCar champion, four-time Paralympic gold medalist at 52, Alessandro Zanardi in the number 24 BMW team car. I don't don't care if he's 52 years old. I don't care if he's allegedly taking a little bit to get up to speed with hand controls. It's Alex Zanardi. When are you not happy to see this man on a racetrack? This is awesome. Oh, oh dear. the best the best thing with him was that they had the uh, video of him getting out of the car for the uh, driver change practices. That was fun to see, uh, especially with him getting back in partway to help black, uh, buckle up the other drivers. The only downside with Zanardi is that he was the um, driver that had the slowest personal best lap for GTLM at the road before the 24, but he was only five hundredths off of the second slowest driver. But he has t- capable teammates in his car. Chaz Monster. Yes, very capable team. Yeah, Chaz yeah. Monster. Chaz Monster, by the way, winner of the greatest Bathurst 1000, as Adam Johnson, yes. who is full team Corvette racing, will tell you. And uh, and John Edwards as well, who I think is also a Team USA uh, alumnus, if I remember right, and also yeah. Jesse Crone. Yeah, the rest of that lineup, none of them are over 30. Trucking. And uh, that, yeah, that gets younger when you consider they brought Colton Herta into the other one, which, by the way, <laughs> underrated social media moment, the moment when they had Zanardi and Herta's names nets together. Oh, my God. Um, flashback to the pass one from oh, 96. Wow. Zanardi <laughs> oh, ahead wow. of Herta. That's, that's crazy. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that was good. Um, Corvette Racing, they were fastest in the uh, in the roar pre-qualifying session with a car that is entering its sixth and presumably last tour of duty um much like the new england patriots i don't care how old this car is i don't care if uh bop doesn't go the way it's corvette racing they're not underdogs under any circumstances no, no. <laughs> just like I will never not fear the three Corvette. It will be the most terrifying lineup of Jan Magnussen, Antonio Garcia, and wait, who's that? Mike Rockenfeld? What year is this? <laughs> yeah, you you always have to kind of fear the three car around Daytona. That's a that's a practice that applied in NASCAR for over twenty years, and that's a practice that applies in IMSA at the Rolex Twenty Four. Um, before uh, before noted patron backer Cameron Buck, Buckley uh, spontaneously combust, should also talk about the Loud Boys from Porsche. Um, Patrick Pelay, Nick Tandy, and Frederick McAwecki won Sebring last year. They won Petit Le Mans last year, and they won the Nürburgring 24 hours together as a cohesive trio. And now they're trying to pick up the one race they didn't win. Apart from Le Mans. That's quite a big asterisk there, RJ, I'm just saying. Like... 
Oh, don't worry, because one of the guys in the other car, Lawrence Van Thor, happened to pick that one up for them. That was a great year for Porsche, and they're not going to want to leave any opportunities on the table uh, in 2019. They just had a great 70th anniversary season. Why should they stop winning? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and someone, as as server joke, has come to life. Yes, McTandy has left the Waffle House. <laughs> 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 really has he? He, he he's fought he's found his way somehow out of the state of georgia he's escaped <laughs> all this and we haven't even talked about the reigning five-time indycar series champion in one of the four gts scott ditson is back and so is sebastian bourdain and the other ford oh my god and they both have Chip. throwback lists. <laughs> Chip. Chip likes winners. Chip does not care about your feelings. Here's here to collect trophies, cash the check, and uh, and just uh, add more to his resume. Oh God, it's not. I would say in this class, not only it's hard to pick a car that will win, it's also hard to pick a car that would finish last. Yeah, you you don't want to pick a car that can finish last in all this. <laughs> How could you? Man. What? what? <laughs> and here's the scary part. We still haven't even talked about the class that owns half the field in GT Daytona. Yeah. GT3 cars with Pro-Am driver lineups that sometimes are exploitable to gamesmanship, but nonetheless, um, there are some teams that stand out. I want to start with the team that was fastest at the Roar. Heinricher Racing with Meyershank Racing, the Caterpillar Acura NSX GT3 with the all-female driver lineup of Catherine Legg, Bia Figueredo, but you know her better as Ana Beatriz, Simona De Silvestro is back in the yes. States, and two-time series champion Christina Nielsen. Yes. It's probably going to be everybody's favorite car in the class. Yep, those lasses are going to get some passes. Oh, yes. come on. Boo! <laughs> Boo! <laughs> Bye, guys. King, for the second show in a row, what is wrong with you? <laughs> we here at Motorsport oh, 101 would like to apologize once again for Ryan Eric King's unbelievable behavior. Like, they, at least back, to the, cat, back to the sin bin with you. At least I got cat sponsorship for cat leg. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. Oh, man. We've got some big names in this field. Should I just should I just run down the heavy hitters? Go for it. Um, IMSA stalwart Ryan Dial for Starworks Motorsport and Audi. Your boy Flat Cap himself, Townsend Bell, is back yes. in one of the Aim Vassar Sullivan lessons. Behold the Flat Cap! Oh, hail the Flat Cap! <laughs> and he's brought with him hard luck Indy Lights driver Aaron Tielitz. Um, and their other Letsis has, um... Super GT champion Nick Cassidy, formerly stateless Jack Hawksworth. Um, let's see who some of the other names are. Land Motorsport, looking to avenge uh, the silliest loss ever at last year's Rolex 24. When they got penalized five minutes for a BOP infraction that wasn't. A BOP infraction, of all things. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah you think you think they're gonna come into this race with a little venom um there's a very bright purple and orange mercedes amg uh sponsored by winds motor oil 
Uh, this is the Team Rivalry Motorsports car. Ben Kading, Jerome Blakemo, and Lucas Stoltz, Felipe Frost. That, that, that car is stacked. Um, Marco Mappelli and Andre Carlarelli are two names I recognize from Super GT. Linus Lundquist, the reigning British F3 champion in, in a Lamborghini for Precision Performance Motorsports. Um, there's Ferrari from uh, Spirit of Race, a.k.a., of course, under a different name. They've got a... Got Pedro Lamy, Matthias Lauda, Daniel Serra, and Paul De Milana. That that trio's been together forever. Um, Tony Vlander and Dominic Farnbacher, the Scuderia Corsa Ferrari, with WeatherTech sponsorship, which I'm I forgot they were still part of the series. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. There's another Meyer Shank Acura that has uh, what looks like will be the the farewell tour for uh, for NASCAR standout AJ Allmendinger. Who's also going to be partially calling this race from the booth for NBC? Yeah, that's going to be real weird. Being a driver in the race and also being a how does that work? <laughs> it's like, sorry guys, can't do the team meeting. I've got to go off and commentate on the race now. Uh, bye. Well, hopefully it goes uh, about as well as Tim Richmond did. So they had a NASCAR race at North Wilkesboro in the '80s, and they were actually talking to Tim Richmond under caution. And he took the restart. He said, "Oh yeah, I'll keep talking with you guys as I'm racing under green." And he makes an outside pass and passes like three cars while he's still talking to them. Oh, wonderful! Um, one of the Vanderlinds, Kelvin Vanderlind, Kel Vanderlind, Kelvin Vanderlind, um, in the number eighty-eight WRT Speed Star Audi Sport. This you won't miss this one because it has the Canadian maple flag on it. Uh, the Turner Motorsport BMW with BMW Lifer Bill Auberlin. Uh, the NGT Motorsport Porsche with Sven Muller at the helm. Uh, the bright green Black Swan Racing Porsche. God, there's a lot of cars in this class. Good grief. One car, if I... Wait, is that number correct? I thought Porsche was the only team allowed to run three-digit numbers. Hipsters. I mean, who, who, one thing, who out one here would possibly love three-digit numbers? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, one thing I think we're overlooking here, um, one car that was quickest in the, I think a couple of the sessions, or at least was in the top three in a couple of sessions, the number 13 Via Italia Racing Ferrari 488 GT3, and they have, uh, quite frankly, one of the more underrated drivers in the field, I think, is Victor Franzoni, who was oh, the yes. 2017 Indy Pro 2000 champion. Quite possibly is probably, and probably one of the more underrated silver drivers of the field, and I think he's going to do quite well oh, in that yeah. event. Um, yeah, another uh, another Indy Lights uh, standout going over to IMSA. That's that's huge, and they got Andrea Bertolini, who's been driving Ferrari sports cars for what seems like seventy years and is still fast. Um, it's a Brazilian. Uh, flag line uh livery on the car as well it's gonna look real it's really pretty under the lights the lucifone connection continues um i i don't want to call a winner of this race does anybody want to call uh some some winners i'll call a class winner for gt daytona i think the myers shank uh, 57 is gonna win the class in gt daytona oh that's a bull pick i like it yeah i'm, I'm gonna have to go with chris i think the 57 i i i I want the 57 to win, but my head is also saying the 57's fast enough to win. That's what my heart wants, and now that's what my head wants. Um, <laughs> GT Lamar, the winner. Uh, everybody who's locked into this. 
but yeah, but well, just like the whole class just crossed the line at once. The nine wine fit is over the line. Sounds about right. Um, It'd be like the 2000 Rolex 24, except Kyle Petty won't be there to ruin the finish photo. Oh, God. Man, actually, um, actually, if, if I'm uh, just thinking, if I'm thinking out loud, it's probably going to be the, uh, probably going to be the 6-7 forward of Ryan Briscoe, Richard Westbrook, and five-time and reigning Indy champion Scott Ditson. I think, oh, this might be a bit of my fanboy showing, but I think the three is going to send the the C7R off with a win. Adam Johnson would be so proud of you, King. I know, right? (laughs) The Discord approves. (laughs) I think I'll go with the the Zanardi BMW, just for old time's sake. Why not, right? Why not? Yeah. BMW said they didn't look as they would kind of it's strange BMW are faster than they were this time last year they still look a little bit off the pace but you never know one BOP tweak here and there and one good race without tripping over your own junk and they'll be right in the thick of it yeah what about the fatal four-way that is LMP2 um the dragon speed car with Maldonado in it next I actually have a be- I, I'll just, I actually have a better idea instead of predicting a winner for LMP2 why don't we predict the one car that won't finish on the podium ooh ouch the um, one car that won't finish. Chris is trying to take us off the air um Who's going to take home the covered wooden f- spoon? I, I feel like Dragon Speed will have one of their cars win and one of them will be the one that doesn't finish because the other two teams may not have very standout driver lineups in Performance Tech Motorsports and PR1 Matthias in Motorsports, but they've at least done this a while. Yeah, part of me wants to believe that the Dragon Speed car that finishes will be the one of Hanley of Hanley LaPierre Allen and head and yeah that's wait, that's yeah, James Hedman. Allen but not that James Allen yeah oh, it's like gosh. James Allen get in there whoa wait a minute <laughs> I'm gonna say the one car that won't finish on the podium in LMP2 is the Pierre 1 Matthias and Motorsports car because it has the, a number in the team name that's my reasoning thank you <laughs> sounds good it's as good a reason as any quite frankly now the big one, the overall winner. Yeah, assuming not, assuming they don't all pull a 2003 and the entire DPI <laughs> class breaks down and leads us to an LMP2 win. It's like they weren't ever designed to run this long at full power, guys. Um, I am gonna personally go with. Hmm. There's a lot of choices. You're you're expecting me to pick the car with Fernando Alonso in yes. it. Yes. Right? Yes, we are. Yes. yes. You know what? You'd be motherfucking right because the other three drivers in the car are awesome too. Yeah, yeah. What, what, what a fucking surprise. Restius. Um, one thing I just noticed on the entry list. Uh, why does it have Elio Castroneves' home country as... The United States of America. He lives in Miami now. I guess that's a reasoning. I don't know. That's the reasoning. So I'm going to go with the All-American number seven <laughs> accurate Venski. How's ours now? Uh, King has just claimed Helio for America. <laughs> we can do it with Mark Marquez and bikes. No, no, you can't. 
for uh, for me, my head is saying the number seven with uh, Castroneves, Rossi, and Ricky Taylor, but my heart is uh, thinking, God, if they can just get the Mazdas to be reliable over 24 hours, it's hard to go against the number 77. Jarvis Nunez, burn on rest. I agree with that driver lineup. Um, if that Mazda holds up, that's going to be lethal. Oh, my God. Um, Dre, we've talked a lot about this, and uh, I hate to leave you out of this. Do you have any questions for us uh, about this race now that we kind of broken down the field and your picks to win? Honestly, like, you guys have covered most of it. Like, there's the, I was going to interject with a couple of questions here and there, but you guys have all covered it about you know, the, the, the massive field and the all-female team that was, that was going to be in air before King tried to take us off the air. Um, <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Lewis, cut it out post, please! No, Lewis, we're keeping Lewis, that. that in. Yep. <laughs> Majority overrules, we're keeping that in. Because um, <laughs> King, King is a dumpster fire at this point. He's just... He's, he's, he's been let off the leash for 2019 clearly um at this point um he's been held back and now he's re- he's achieved his final form but uh no you guys have got it pretty much covered i i will look forward to trying my best to watch along as much as i can and you know that i might just sneak into king's freebie discord stream and just chill in there for once who knows i actually um, have a question for uh, the entire server here uh or the panel here rather um can we predict first retirement Oh, goodness. First, first retirement. Here we go. <laughs> of course Charles puts more than Otto just, in. Of course he does. <laughs> like, just on sheer numbers, like, statistically, it most likely will be a GT Daytona. Yeah. Pro-Am driver lineups. Lots of cars. Lots of possibility for chaos. Um, you know... It just feels like it's going to be a year where one of the Mazdas doesn't even take the start. Oh, I don't think it's going to be that bad. I don't think it's going to be that bad. Oh, no. I, my heart says they. I want them to uh, to do well in this race, but they, they have to fight their own history. I'm going to say just based on the fact that this was Dale Jr.'s number in the last part of his career and Alex Bowman hasn't necessarily done the best uh, with it, I'm going to say the number 88 Audi. Oh, man. Not not with Frederick Verbeesh and Calvin Vanderlyn. Those are two solid drivers, and Roma DeAngelis is a fantastic young driver. On that, on that basis, they should not lose. Oh, man. Part of me wants to say it, it, it'll probably be the 51 because number one it's a ferrari number two uh your team name is spirit of the race um good luck in trying to win the spirit of the race award when your team name is spirit of the race <laughs> oh boy <laughs> go remember it's it's the entire race is on nbcsn if you're in america everywhere outside of america it's on imsa.tv and imsa radio has the audio only feed that you can pop into whenever you need to and we'll be here to hang out with you all time yep. most of the time a lot yeah, of the most time, of the time. Yeah, rem- not all the time we're not psychopaths like cam <laughs> yeah i might rem- uh, i'll be we love you cam we appreciate your contribution i will yes. be in the uh, press box for the start of the race so i'll be able i'll be looking high over the entire uh circuit the at the start of the race it's going to be a great sight 
That's that's the one thing, yeah. NASCAR baby in a recession, but that new new Daytona grandstand looks nice. Yep. Gotta love that downsizing. Gotta love that downsizing. Fetters, are we done here? I think we are. Yeah. I, I I ain't got much else. Oh, hang on. Hang on. Stop everything. Cam has just put a link in the Discord. Okay, yeah. So let's, <laughs> oh, also, let's, so let's change everything. Um, We're not done just yet. We've been bopped. We've been bopped. Bop it. Twist <laughs> it. I, we were minutes from going off the air. Minutes. So, uh... <laughs> For, for, for those who can't see the story in our server feed, IMSA has released changes for the Rolex 24 balance of performance. Uh, it looks like Acura, Cadillac, Mazda carry less fuel. Um, no changes to the Nissan. BMW is the only thing that gets a change. They carry more fuel. Acuras get less fuel. Um, BMW M6s get less weight. Um, Lamborghinis get more air restrictor capacity. And the Porsche 911s get more fuel capacity. Uh, of course, anything can happen, and this is going to all be rendered irrelevant in about 24 hours' time. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, we totally haven't just uh, basically screwed ourselves on that one. Hopefully. Definitely yeah, not. Because we could get. Because they could change BOP at a moment's notice. Hopefully, we get out of here before they change their minds again. <laughs> but, in the, but in the meantime, thank you all very much for listening. Just a quick roundup before we get out of here YouTube.com forward slash Motorsport 101, Facebook.com forward slash Motorsport 101, Twitter um, at Motorsport underscore 101, our personal handles one more time at Harrison 101 HD, at RJ O'Connell, at Ryan Eric King, and at C the Harday. You can, you can back us financially on Patreon if you. If you really really like us uh, patreon.com forward slash motorsport 101 five dollars gets you early access to my discord um i'm sorry ten dollars gets you access to my discord sorry about that ten dollars gets you access to that five dollars gets you early access to both this show and bike live bike live as mentioned will be back hopefully next weekend so that'll be fun um and again if you want a discord invite feel free to uh get in touch with any one of us and we will be flipping the switch on the live section or the free, I guess, guess you call it the free section of the, of, the, of the Discord server. But again, that'll be already live by the time this goes out. So again, just get in touch with us when that goes live. Um, I'll, we'll put it out there on the social media as well. And our website with full previews of all the fields in the Rolex 24 on motorsport101.com, written by our friend and yours, RJ O'Connell, as well. If you prefer, if you prefer your previews in written form. So that is out there as well. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time to review said Rolex 24 and who knows what else in the world of motorsport. But in Santiago e Pri. Santiago e Pri. Yeah, Santiago. That sounds like fun as well. And But uh, yeah, until next time, I've been Andre Harrison. They've been RJ O'Connell, Ryan King, and Christopher the Harday. And until next time, go Patriots. Sayonara. Later, y'all. Bye. Should we let Trey know? What's up? What? 
uh, that uh, James Hinchcliffe was the fastest at the first private test of the year at Seabury. <laughs> it's clearly that Marcus Erickson influence rubbing off on, on, young, on young James. <laughs> and a bunch of fan fiction documents just got opened up at once. Ugh.